Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. ever do anything stupid i'm not talking like buy multiple 40 year old messed up cars i don't think that's fair for you to say i mean you don't have multiple 40 year old cars i got two of them it's not 40 it's only that the bronco's only like 37 it's spry well i'm 39 <laughs> and i know the bronco's one year younger than me so oh, it's 38 oh, no, it's 38 i'm sorry the beetle's 42 i'm out here for math Neither am I. I'm bad at it. Math and geography. That's why I struggle with time zones. Why would you marry those two you're things? You're so bad at time zones. It's the funniest thing about in like you're you live in America. Can, I'm better. I'm, I've mastered the three U.S. time yeah, zones. You, Are you about to tell me there's a fourth one? God damn it! There's four. First of all, Uh-oh. my next sentence was going to be: You live in America. You only need to know four, and you're in the middle. So it's not like even the math is that big. <laughs> all right. So. A hundred percent of this bit was not a bit. That was all. That was not a bit. Yeah, no, there's multiple times you've been like, oh, these guys are in Denver. The call's (laughs) at three. What time am I supposed to call? Damn it. I really, I thought I had a sound effect for that. (laughs) But I didn't because it was on the other soundboard. Wait, hold on, I got one. All right, so I'm not not working on all cylinders when it comes to time zones. You, it's that you both, it's not just... You know what's you don't know what cities are in what time zones. And then you also don't know the offset of those time zones from where you live. You don't know both. You're like, where's LA? I don't know. Is LA six hours ahead of us or four hours behind us? I have no idea. Which that's, one's LA? That's not even a joke. That okay, is that not one's a joke. not I know where LA is. Where is LA? Somewhere in California. <laughs> <laughs> what time zone is LA in? You know, the one to the left of us. No, you're not. Uh, don't even do a bit. Legit answer this question. What time zone is L.A. in? Pacific. How many hours is L.A. off from us? Minus two. All right. You got that right. See, yes. there you go. See, I'm getting better at it. Good job. Had to really practice to get there. <laughs> so my point here is that everybody makes boneheaded mistakes. Myself included. Not me. Not you're perfect. Yes. Yeah, you know, we're not... I'm not here to dispute that. That's why I used myself. Yeah. Be rude. (laughs) And so in this episode, uh, we're going to talk through some top entrepreneurship mistakes that we see 
in these e-commerce businesses where people are they're they're new to starting an e-com business they don't know what they don't know and there's just some common mistakes that are obvious in hindsight and possibly like painful and expensive when you first make them and so i just wanted to talk through them but before we got there i needed to establish like i'm not talking down to anyone because i can't figure out time zones <laughs> so don't feel bad uh i'm ready for this topic because i'm coming in hot today this is the unofficial shopify podcast i'm your host kurt elster tech nasty i am joined by my co-host, producer, business partner, Paul Rita, and we're discussing today the top mistakes to avoid early in your entrepreneurial career. Because you don't know what you don't know. So let's save you from those easy early mistakes that will become obvious to you later with experience. And I've engaged in most of these that we're about to discuss. <laughs> so that, that's what qualifies me to speak on them. Uh, quick housekeeping update, investment update, all right, so we had mentioned at the end of the last show, or two shows ago, we both invested in Postpilot. It is Clavio uh, for snail mail was the, the <laughs> way we described it. I still like that description. I had also invested in Gavalo, but we've got Gavalo, uh, phenomenal gift card solution for Shopify. We've got some more news coming about Gavalo in a future episode, but shh, it's a secret. I can't tell you right now. I'm just teasing it. God, did you hate when people do that? The teaser? I hate teasers. And here I am doing it to you. Shh. That's a secret. Come on, you do it, Paul. It's fun. You'll love it. Do it. I'm not doing it. You're not going to do it? No. Shh. It's a secret. <laughs> you know that emoji with I, the, guy, the sh face? I hate that thing. Uh, but I'm doing that right in, now. In case it hasn't come across yet over these years, I am like radically open about things, perhaps too much. And thus. You, you practice radical honesty? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it served me great. That's why everyone likes me so much. <laughs> All right, so I have essentially, sh my housekeeping update was I can't tell you anything. <laughs> yeah, see, so thanks. So, good work. Oh, yeah, I'm glad. Thank, good, thank you for being here, helping the people. <laughs> yeah, that's why teasers are annoying. But when I finally circle back to that, and on the chance that you remember it, I'll remind you, then uh, well, when they're going it'll be back, funny. You know, like when they're going back through the old episodes, and they like listen to this, and they're like, oh, I know what happens, you know. Yeah, the, all three people it's who like were called be like, like, wow. Yeah, it's like a Marvel movie. You know, you, there's one when there's like a prequel. I need Stan Lee to pop yeah, up in the corner. Yeah, this was like a prequel to whatever the, the episode is where you tell everyone about it. Hey, unofficialers. <laughs> Go listen to episode 401 in which he teases it. Shh. All right, let's jump into these e-commerce mistakes so I could stop shushing people. I did top eight. We got top eight here. That was chosen arbitrarily. I was going to do top 10, but I realized we'd be limited to like three minutes per topic. I think it was just eight was just the most you were able to think of. Yeah, I could totally come up with more. I'd be like, number 10, put everything on a credit card with 23% interest. There we are. There's number 10. <laughs> well, and these are like big ones. This isn't like tiny little ones. Because my favorite one of yours is uh, the shop drop down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is more these are like, like these overall, are like high level business yeah, mistakes. Not really e commerce specific, but stuff I have witnessed while working in e commerce as a industry. All right, so we'll jump to uh, number eight here is our first one, and one of my favorites because it everybody does it early on. We see it all the time. Keeping up with a competitor, it's like the keeping up with the Joneses. The grass is always greener, except. Now it's, you have one single competitor, you may have 200 competitors, but it's always like there's one single competitor that for whatever reason you've singled out as like, that's the one. I gotta be as good as them or better. And like, 
it starts off as you just need some inspiration and you like what they do, and then it it quickly spirals before you know it into a weird obsession where you're just like as you check you know you get your morning routine and part of it is you check their site to see if they did anything different. And then when they do, you're like, did they do that because I did this thing two weeks ago? Yeah. You think that you have decided you're in a life or death struggle with another business. It rarely does the other business know. they don't know that you exist. Occasionally, (laughs) it really blows my mind when I run it. Because you run into this all the time. And people usually laugh about it. Um, But if you run into it and the other business becomes aware like, I talked to a guy who was like, this other bit, you know, he had this business he was obsessed with. And then on a totally unrelated thing, they ended up sending him like a DMCA or a, a cease and desist because it turned out they were doing the same thing he was. <laughs> but to him. So it was a foyle ado. They were both just insane. They were both, <laughs> yeah, both of them had like picked the other as the, the competing business they're going to obsess over and were attributing changes to things they were doing. What, what they were, but like they were both, <laughs> both thought that each one was reacting to the other, and in the reality, they were always like one step off. Yeah, we had a we had a client like that that had a competitor that was called, and it was like a name, a woman's name. It was like Veronica Jones or whatever, <laughs> and she was just like, yeah, I was looking at Veronica Jones's website. She changed her add to cart button to blue. You know, we changed our add to cart button to blue last week. She's copying off of us. It's like, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. And usually what this really, like, these are more extreme examples. Usually it takes the form of, like, it's, it's, so it's always one brand that you've picked. And then it becomes, like, well, they did X, so I have to do X too. And that's how it starts. And the reality is you have no idea why they're picking stuff. Well, yeah, and the, and the assumption is they must – it's one, I'm trapped in a life-or-death struggle with this other website who is my arch nemesis, and ev- they are also smarter than me. Like they always – the assumption is always they're smarter than me. So they're doing something, and I got to copy it because if they're going to get ahead of the game, there's going to be an e-commerce gap unless I keep up with them. And the reality is they know – they probably know just as little as you do. <laughs> like they're just they're they're in the dark as well, and they're just trying stuff and seeing what works, and that's totally okay. Uh, number seven, I think this is a, this one's an easy trap. Shiny toys. Who doesn't like shiny toys? You're doing an online business. You got a website. Naturally, there's like features and apps and stuff you want, right? So you make a big list and you look at like some competitors' website. Keep making lists. Add more to it. Pretty soon, this turns into you are trying to hire someone to help you with this site that you have yet to build uh, for a product you've yet to launch, and you can't get anybody to work on it because you've got, like, a laundry list, 50 items long, of, like, this is every feature I have to have to be successful. Why? (laughs) Right? You don't know what you need yet. And, like, why do you need these features? Because, you know, if I just add them on, that each feature is plus one to success? It doesn't work like that. Now, my favorite anecdote about this as I was on a call with a prospective client and they had like the giant list of stuff, which that alone should be a red flag, the giant list. And one of them just like out of things in there was Google AMP. And I'm like trying to figure out, trying to sort through priority on these things. Like what do you need, what do you don't? And if I, by the, I realized they're just picking stuff. And by the time we got to Google AMP, which is like 
um, accelerated mobile pages. It's, yeah, it's a strip down. It's a stripped down version of your page that's hosted by Google, served by Google, and has like way less functionality on it yeah. because in order to make it easier to load on phones. And if you want to add this to Shopify, there's apps that'll do it. I've not played with them, but there's one I always remember, Amp Sheriff, because it's such a great name, Amp Sheriff, right? So if you really wanted this, but so I asked them, and this is like multiple people at an established business, and their website, their checkout was broken. You couldn't even buy online from them, but they would not switch to a different website to save their lives because they had this big list stopping them. And I said, what is Amp? Can anybody tell me what it is? I said, I'm not, and I'm playing dumb. Uh, help me understand. Does it? What's AMP? No one knew. The people who wrote the list just were like, well, that's a thing we need because somebody, no one could even tell me where it came from. They had no idea why it was even on the list, let alone what it did or why. As I'm just adding all this like complexity and cost. When the reality is, I think, especially early on, like all that stuff is, is bloat. It's going to slow you down. If I go traveling, I got a big backpack, right? It's going to slow me down. I want to keep it light. So I could change plans, I could change course, pivot, make my life easy, reduce my expenses, not just pile on thing after thing. Uh, my entry on this for a shiny toy in your tech stack is headless. Headless. Which I'm coming around to the idea, I wouldn't say it's a con, but I think it's been completely missold to people. Like, yeah. You should not have a headless store unless you are spending six figures a year supporting your store. Unless you're dropping a hundred grand a year for services and team members and other people to support and run the aspect, the online aspects of your store, you should not go headless. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. I mean that's and headless just is not simple. It's no, it's not. I mean, I guess if you're making like you know, $50 million a year online and you could sell and you could get a win out of it, figure out a way to get a win out of it. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. At an intense scale that the vast majority of people will never see. It makes sense. Maybe, maybe potentially you have. Yeah. It's not, it make you, let's not say it makes sense that there's maybe ways that it could make sense for that business. If they explore it. I saw in a online forum, someone posted, they're like, Hey, we moved to headless, and we moved from a Shopify 1.0 theme, and on mobile, it's no faster. And like that, it was the the subtext was the the whole reason they moved was you wanted to be faster on everything, and so you go went through all this effort. It must have been very disappointing. But you'll find stories like that, and then we've seen we've uh, had people go back. We've yeah, had people switch back after less than two years. Overtone, Overtone hair care. Yeah, with uh, we just talked to Drew from Overtone. It, yeah, they it was headless. They moved back to just straight core Shopify. And it cut the load time in half. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Well, cuz you know, you got to instead of having all instead of having all of the Shopify engineers doing what they can to make the site make the Shopify backbone as fast as possible, now you just have your engineers that you've hired and you've hoped that they're making the right choices and you're paying them a salary. So it's like, who's smarter? Shopify doing it for thousands of stores, moving billions of dollars, or... A million stores. Yeah, a million stores doing billions of dollars, or that dude you hired. <laughs> that dude you hired. Um, certainly I've seen fast headless sites, but it's not a guarantee, and it's also, there's trade-offs. And, eh, I didn't want to turn this into another headless discussion. But it is, I mean, headless is a really good example of, like, 
This is the shiny toy example taken to a, an extreme. Accidents happen. Maybe you installed an app and it messed up your theme. Or a store collaborator deleted product images by mistake. Common myth. Shopify is a backup that you can use when something goes wrong with your store. Untrue, they don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind to equip your Shopify store with automated backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like NYX and Movement Watches. It's even a Shopify Plus certified app. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30-day free trial. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Find it in the Shopify App Store or visit rewind.com. Number six, numero seis, offering too much. I think you see this with uh, drop shippers, and you see this early, like people who are earlier. It's just so easy to add. If I want to add product to a physical store, I got to get it. I got to find space for it. I got to stock it, merchandise it, etc. On a website, I'm uploading a CSV. It's too easy to add products to an online store. And so it's really easy to just bloat your catalog and make it hard to find stuff and hard to manage inventory and stock. Um, I know I talked to a guy today. This is very nice and had a, a successful site selling journals. And with the journals, they also sold pens and accessory. A lot of the pens were successful. That makes sense. It's all like office yeah. type stuff. So they're like, let's double down on pens. And so they had over two dozen extremely similar pen options. So now it so went now from- So now you have a journal website. Yeah. That had, how many journal SKUs did they have? Uh, well, it was, it was one journal that came in multiple colors or a pack of three. So they sold one journal. Realistically, yes. And 24 different pens for you to write into that journal. Yeah. And it's not like these weren't like fountain pens and like, well, which wood and width do you want? They, they were pilot G2 pens. So ones that I could just buy like a pack of 50 of? Yeah. You're the pilot G2, the classic. One of your faves. Yeah, you got one right now. Uh, this is a Velocity. I'm sorry. Oh, my mistake. Uh, 1.6, which is a little too fat for me. Um, I want like a 1.4, I think. You know, I always, I write with the medium, and then I think I want a fine point. And then I write with a fine point, and I think, man, I want a medium. I mean, I don't want it too fine. I just go is, back and forth. This is too sloppy. Yeah, you don't want it. You don't want just that sloppy wide it's width. It's just a slop, just a slop pen. Yeah, that's what it is outside. It's real sloppy out there. No! <laughs> One of our, our local meteorologists. <laughs> Anytime it rains, she's like, it's extra sloppy outside. That's what I would start my morning with. <laughs> Listen to this woman yell about how it's sloppy outside. That's another thing you can learn about Kurt. He hates every weather person. Well, it's like a sport now, <laughs> making fun of our local meteorologists. <laughs> God bless Andy Avalos. <laughs> it's a real Chicago joke right there. Only Tom Skilling. It's Tom Skilling and nobody. The, the issue that, that offering too much caution, this is an easy one to get into because it's so easy to just add products to an online store, especially with drop shipping, but it's also an easy one to fix. And I think the, the risk here to be mindful of is simply that you're introducing choice paralysis to a website. More options is more choices. Those are all places that people will just give up and not buy. Like I, I don't want a bunch of choices. I want you to just tell me what the best one is. Yeah. I mean, if you only sell one pen, you can really play up in your description this is the one true pen. You can't, I mean, once you're selling 20 pens, eh, they're all the same. Like, I'm selling them. I, I, you know, I'm not making any, any editorial choices about what pens I sell. There's 20 pens. They're all the same. 
But if you sell one pen, man, you could really lean into how well, then goddamn, I can make all this content. That pen is. I want like augmented reality. I want a 360 spinner. Oh, yeah. You definitely need to see that pen on the table. Yeah. I want 2,000 words, the ultimate guide as to why this one $15 pen is the best pen ever. Uh, someone, by the way, speaking of AR, someone we mentioned an AR company that did some work for one of our clients, and we really enjoyed working with them. They were easy, at least from our perspective. We didn't do all that stuff with them, but they were Levar.io. Levar. L-E-V-A-R.io. Yeah. So if you're looking for AR stuff, I don't know. Those are some dudes. They did good work. <laughs> they did good work on this thing I worked on. Uh, yes. No, it, they absolutely did. I have zero complaints. <laughs> Levar. Levar.io. Yeah, I think it's .io. Uh. Number five, doing everything yourself longer than you should. So it's perfectly fine. You're bootstrapping. Do everything yourself to start. That's great. You also learn it, and that will help you understand it, hire for it, write standard operating procedures for it. But it's also really easy to get in this trap. And like this, for sure, I've fallen into. It's like, you know, I do it the right way, and no one else could possibly figure out how to pick and pack for a box. Only I could do that in my business. And of course, that's not true at all. And it isn't valuable for you to do. And, you know, by the time you've done the thousandth one, uh, you're not learning anything new here. So, like, stuff that we were able to outsource, uh, customer support, especially for apps, um, initial support or initial inquiries. I just send all those to my wife. She handles it. <laughs> and uh, bookkeeping, that's an easy one to outsource. That's, like, easy to do early on because you don't have a lot of transactions. And then later you find, like, oh, right, I got to do categorize the last six months of transactions what a pain that that's the moment we go uh, let's have someone else do this we did that oh I, i'll never forget that day yeah we had to like go through the checkbook and i had to like read out every check to you yeah it was years you, like, ago you, like fucked up the books i was like paul help <laughs> the way to sit down and do an entire categorize an entire year's worth of transactions and yes that was the moment when i went i should no longer be responsible for this it is time to outsource this and we use bench um bench.co they're very good uh, so that's an easy one. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, I hire all these W-2 employees, which I hired a W-2 employee. I like that, too. But there's a lot of ways to outsource stuff. Ideally, you know, early on in the business, if you could use automation, great. Then if you could do these services like bench bookkeeping, where it's like automation plus a person for just a little more money, awesome. Then you could start adding remote contract workers for a little more. And then past that is, all right, then you're going to go to W-2. And I... I don't think any one of those is a wrong choice. I don't care which one you pick. So long as you're not personally doing 100% of everything. Yeah, you just got to value. It's, it's valuing your time. Like, what is the best use of your time at this point in your business? You just, you have to be willing to, to let go of stuff. And for the most part, I think people are pretty good about knowing, like, all right, it's time for me to not do this anymore. Now, the catch is you're like, well, that's, you know, that's, that's a cost and it's going to eat into my profit. And what you fail to realize is, when you free up your time, well, now you could be doing more valuable stuff. And so that tends to be how I look at it. It's like, all right, is this a valuable activity for me to be doing? Or could someone else just do this and get it off my plate? And then I'm not driving myself crazy with it. I think for me, bookkeeping is that perfect example. I think for merchants, it's probably picking and packing your own orders. Um, number four. And we get, both of us have fought against this. Oh, this is it. This is the entire show for me. I could talk about this the whole time. Perfectionism, where you have people, and honestly, God, sometimes I think it is about fear of failure 
You're like, you know, I, I could just control for failure if I can get everything perfect. And I can get everything perfect through excessive fiddling. And the issue is you tend to fiddle in the wrong places and you're operating in a vacuum. It really and truly does not matter what you think about your own business because you're not buying your own product. Your customers are. Whether they'll buy from you or not, what your customers think, they're the only ones who matter. And guess what? They're just glancing at everything. Yeah, you've been staring at this for months, so your brain is melted. You have no perspective <laughs> on this whatsoever. It, like a week in, you had lost perspective. Yeah. And it's just human nature. And so, yeah, this thing, the fact that there's like four pixels of space below this one image and we really need to get that tightened up because before you know because you know i can't launch with these kind of with these kind of fit and finish issues on this website it's like nobody cares no one will ever notice it it makes no difference i talked to a gentleman earlier this week they had a website that used uh a the shopify free theme from 2016 they had not modified it they like it wasn't even a, a particularly phenomenal design example of the Shopify free theme in 2016, the way they'd set it up. And it certainly had not aged particularly well. That site did $10 million last year. I'll give you a better one. All right, hit me. We had someone this week, we had someone else this week who is not on Shopify. They're looking to get onto it. They do $15 million a year. I like that. With a website that if you told me it was made in 2002, I would have completely believed you. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. It, yeah, it was seven. It was like it was it was eight seven hundred pixels wide, so it would fit on your eight hundred by six hundred screen. Maybe ten twenty four by seven sixty eight. You're firing this up in your power yeah, your it, power book. A hundred percent would have worked on IE six. You know, it was ready to go. Uh, you know, Amazon's only for books, so you got to buy these from this this product from this website, and they do fifteen million dollars a year. And honestly. Yeah, that's a really that one was a really good example. First, Obviously, we can't share it, but wow. The first Shopify theme that I built 10 years ago was better than this website. You know, I, 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 uh, I agree with that. Yeah, and that site's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and he just still he, around. He does $50 million a year. He's fine. So I think what goes on here is two things. It's overemphasizing, overprioritizing the importance of pixel-perfect design. Which certainly, I think, design good design doesn't hurt, bad design doesn't help. But, I mean, the absolute importance of it just isn't there. The yeah. content, the messaging, the product, the marketing, all of those, the customer service. I mean, pretty much everything else ends up being, when it comes to generating revenue for a business, ends up being more important than a design. Unless, like, you're running you know, some modern furniture design yeah. business but, where people expect that. But, I mean, for like nine, 95% of businesses, that's just not a requirement. Yeah, but, yeah, when you've reached the point where you're kind of like, mm, the thickness on the stroke of that arrow is a little too thick for me, it's like you have lost your goddamn mind. And <laughs> yeah, you've you lost need, perspective. You need to just let it go. The way to get it, this happens to everybody. And sometimes what, I'll, what I do now is I say, hey, let me – let me record a screencast for you. And I'll record a screencast where I, I screencast from my phone. And so you can see me working my phone. I said, we're just going to walk through trying to make a purchase. And I start with, I like, Google their site. And then I try to add an item to cart. And the number of, like, y little, the number of obvious glaring issues just trying to buy something normally on a phone, they're all there and present. Like, the person has become completely immune to those. Because they're but used to then, that. They're like, missing yeah. stare. 
they're used to stepping over those stairs, so that's not really a problem. Yes. There's, there's, but there's something else that is lodged into their brain that they can't get rid of. And uh, yeah, and then they'll worry about like a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. I think that's the way you get the way you break out of that cycle is hand your phone to someone who's never seen that website before and say buy something and watch them do it over their shoulder. And the amount of actual issues that will appear for you that you failed to realize were there compared to, you know, worrying about border radiuses and and other nonsense, it just completely goes away. Yeah. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? This is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Don't worry, Tom Cruise. This mission isn't impossible. Just use Zipify one-click upsell. Got mobile optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions, plus built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Kurt, K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. This leads into number three, forgetting the customer. And this is a common one we've talked about before. People, they get the idea, they develop the prototype, manufacture the product, launch the website, crickets. They, who are they going to sell to? The value of the business is the audience. So what do you do? I don't know why this keeps happening. Well, I just, to me, I always think of it as part of, uh, they're always like, well, we're doing, we're doing, you know, we're having our new website. Be sure to get that password page up. Because we don't want anyone seeing it too early before <laughs> we re- we're ready to launch. It's like, buddy, no one knows that you're doing this. At this <laughs> like, point, no yeah, one cares. Tell people. <laughs> Nobody's looking. I said, I mean, and you can see the analytics for a password. If you have the password page up, you'll still see the analytics. It'll be like store visits today. One. And it's you. <laughs> right? Like, there's nothing there to index. There's nothing to see. But we got to be ready for our grand opening. That's the, oh, yeah. So, yeah, the number one red flag of, of inexperience there is like, gotta have the password page with a countdown timer. Yeah. As though anyone is looking. Because they don't care yet. Like, trying to get anyone's attention so that they care. And the re- you care. The, oh, the business owner cares. And so they think other people do. No. And no, your job as the business, the thing you're fighting against is that it's just apathy. Nobody cares. And if you can get them to care about you for a few minutes, then maybe they'll buy. And that's the best case scenario. You got them to care about you for a few minutes. That's so sad (laughs) and so true. But you're like, if I could only get people to care about me for a few minutes of their lives, it's like, oh, buddy. And that's, but that's the truth. But it's the truth. Yeah. (laughs) And so I like, once you, you really, you, you have to accept that so that you understand, all right, I'm on a absolute uphill battle for getting people to care. And so day one, you should be trying to build that audience. Whether And ideally, that's an email list because you own that. But you know, however you want to do it, maybe it's a Facebook group. We've seen people have uh, great success with pre-product marketing um, using Facebook groups. Um, get the Fort with uh, Connor. He had, he, uh, Connor had too much success. He did. He sold so much <laughs> that, yeah, that, I mean, 
All right. Still, I'm going to say good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, he. I did not watch his Shark Tank episode. Yeah, poor Connor. He, uh, he's been on the show, right? I don't think he has. Oh. No. All right. I want him on the show. All right. Yeah, we did like an initial thing for him. But yeah, anyway, he had a Kickstarter to sell like pillow forts. Uh, it was way too successful. And then all of the... The supply chain the issues supply hit. chain issues hit him, and he uh, he's he's going through some financial struggles right now, trying to fulfill all the orders that he had. Watch with the Shark rapidly Tank increasing episode. Prices. Then he was on Shark Tank, and the sharks were not kind to him. Oh, he's so nice. He's, he's a very a nice guy, guy. and he it's just, such a cool product. Yeah, he 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 got he got screwed by um, victim of his own success. I suppose. Well, it, it was stuff out out of his control. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's the mistake, is assuming if I build it, they will come. They won't. They don't care. All right? And that's okay. It's your job to get them to care a fraction as much as you do. That's the way to look at it. Number two, Switch, Pivot, or Quit. I believe that's the title of a book, Switch, Pivot, or Quit. And so this is something I identified with. The 10 years ago, the first version of our agency business was specific to bike shops. Hence the name of the agency, EtherCycle. Yeah. It was going to be a reference to bikes. Yeah. It was going to be like a, a bike shop parts platform, an e commerce pl- uh, parts platform for bike shops. Yeah. And what a struggle that was. And so a year later, like I really didn't want to let it go, but a year into it, uh, I don't know, maybe a little more than that, I realized wait a second, we could pivot into the thing where we're seeing a little bit of success, and that's Web design, those professional services. Let's do that. And I went, oh, and I had to come to grips with the idea of pivoting a business. But like the first time you do it, it feels like, oh, did I just fail? Not at all. And so knowing, A, should I let an idea go? Should I switch to doing something else? Should I tweak this business? So the pivot, which means change, boom, we got to pivot. It just means change direction. What did I go with? Oh, yeah, switch, pivot, quit. Like, eh, should I give up? Do something else. I think you undersold that because it was the bike shop platform, yes. which really didn't work. <laughs> not at all. Not they made zero dollars. Again, not your fault. Negative money. Uh, and then, all right, now we're just general web design. All right, maybe we're doing wor- general web design for marketing agencies. So we're not working one-to-one on clients. We're working with oh, our yeah, clients. Oh, yeah, we started jumping through agencies. so many niches. And then we were WordPress developers. We were doing WordPress sites for the marketing agencies. And then... As part of our random side gigs, as part of our random gigs, we did Shopify. And then we were like, well, that Shopify one kind of worked out really well. So maybe we were just only doing shop. We were just doing more and more Shopify. And eventually the Shopify pie of our business grew so much that we dumped all the other pieces of the pie and became Shopify only. There's like four or five pivots in there. Yes. We just kept moving towards whatever was working better. It just, yeah, I kept narrowing that, that thing down. But without experimenting, without uh, you know, really sacrificing a lot of potential earned income if like I just gotten a job somewhere, I couldn't have gotten there. It took five years to figure out what we were supposed to do. Yep. And then five years of doing that to get really to get really extremely good, at, good it. at it. Yeah. And to get to a point where like, all right, no, no one can ignore you anymore. Where you've established your your reputation and authority in the space, it took ten years to get there. In total, uh, it wasn't that long. I would say like eight. 
It's still, it's a long time. Seven-ish. Uh, yeah, but I mean, case in point, the ones we talked about before. Um, you know, those guys with the with the journal. What if they're selling the journal, now we're going to add the pens, but we're going to just, it's just going to be like the super pen. And what if the super pen starts outselling the journal? What if they, oh, I guess, so they design their own pen. Yeah. And then they they just go, they forget about the journal and there's like, we make the best pen. Yeah. Well, and then like, but they'd have to be, have to be reasons behind it. Like the super pen starts selling, outselling the journal. Oh, wait, the margins on the pen are better than the journal. Like, why, why are we still focusing on this journal? We should go all in on the super pen. I right, let's start. Let's, that's a let's start sketching out our super pen. I'm saying that's a completely reasonable pivot to be in. Now, the the smart move is just just to only sell the pen. But if you're all up in your feelings about it, you would kind of be like, no, but we're the journal company, and that was the whole point of this. And I and built like, this journal to change lives. This, yeah, this whole thing. It's like, no, man, just make money on the damn pen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and like once you've got, done it, you know, once or twice, you re, it like just becomes second nature. You don't think twice about it. You're like, I'm here to make money and get an ROI. As if it checks all the boxes, you know, legal, moral, ethical, fun, great, go into it. If not, eh, figure out something else. Maybe that's when you quit. There's nothing wrong with quitting. No, sometimes that's the best option. I've quit a lot of later. things in my life. It's been great. <laughs> oh, jobs, relationships, oof, delicious. <laughs> Number one, not starting. This entire, the previous points, the entire conversation, the effort you've put into listening to us. I'm so sorry. Nothing but value bombs. Oh, I dare you apologize. Right. <laughs> that was the air horn. You're not I, don't know, I don't even know what you're hitting. Um, that's the value bombs air horn. Oh, okay. That's the air raid siren Hold for it. value bombs. Value bombs! <laughs> The neighbors in our office are also like, why is this guy yelling? <laughs> if you don't do anything, if you don't take the action, if you're busy stuck in, in planning, eh, you're not getting anywhere, and that's that's the biggest mistake to make. Like, you have to be willing to fail and make those mistakes. And it's just going to be a learning experience, and you end up doing something else. But I got a tweet from none other than Shopify president Harley Finkelstein. I love him and Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> He's n no. No. Isn't he like the brother that helps him dress up like a lady? No, that's no different guy. Is that Oh, that's Harvey Firestein. Yeah. No, they're different. Oh, damn. Totally different. They're not? I what I met him though. Harley Finkelstein does not have a delightful gravelly voice. Oh man. No. I really embarrassed myself at last unite then. You just kept talking about Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah, I did. Yeah, no, those different people, buddy. <laughs> uh Harley tweeted. There are so many would-be entrepreneurs out there who aren't because their fear of failure is getting in the way of starting. Pro tip. No one will see the first thing you do. Give it a shot. If it doesn't work, put it away. But if it does take off, think of where you could be. And the point is, just start. If you don't start, you guarantee failure. You got nowhere. You have to take the risk. And yeah. the level of risk you're comfortable with, that's entirely up to you. You decide what you're comfortable with. And then whether, you know, at what point you switch, pivot, or quit, also up to you. Yeah, don't overthink it. Don't get in your feelings. There's a term called MVP. Uh, minimum viable product and just get the thing out there just get it out there doesn't have to be perfect doesn't have to be nice like it, it being out there is the most important thing and if you if you're like well how do i you know building the audience is the hard part and i know that's important how do i get that share start with trying to share your journey of figuring all of this out that's a great place to start with the audience 
that's where I started getting my audience was talking to freelancers about what we were doing. And then eventually was able to, to move past that and figure it out and got to ah, e-commerce and Shopify. And that was pretty good. I, I enjoyed that. I hope that was helpful. Well, it really would have been something if you ended this and then we're just like, well, that one sucked. <laughs> Sorry, I wasted all your time, everyone. Still going to publish it anyway, though. Bye. No, no, this was a great one. <laughs> they loved it. It was full of value bombs. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> we'll just go with that. start hitting buttons Tech nasty. all right let's end it there thank you thank you for listening starting a business online has never been easier but growing an e-commerce business is another story with privy it's never been easier to grow your email and sms lists automate your email marketing send on brand newsletters and texts and even send abandoned cart text messages all in one app which means no more toggling back and forth no more managing contacts across apps just a powerful connection between Privy's email conversion and SMS tools that lets you manage the entire customer experience all in one place. Plus, you can try Privy out for free today. Just head over to privy.com slash unofficial Shopify and you can sign up for your free 15-day trial. That's P-R-I-V-Y dot com slash unofficial Shopify. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.